Hey, I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. Um, today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects with one of my favorite writers, my co-host, Marty Dotson. We're going to talk today. Yeah, Marty. Um, you know, I've had a certain amount of success in my career um, writing with recording artists, people like Darius Rucker, uh, Little Big Town, Lady Antebellum. And it's, it's really a different kind of approach to writing when you're in the room writing with the artist. So I thought today that um, you and I could talk a little bit about how it is different and when you get the chance to write with an artist, how to really take advantage of it. Absolutely. You know, I learned a big lesson uh, a couple of years ago. I, I wrote four times with uh, Big Kenny from Big and Rich and uh, two of the times he had a title that he was super excited about. We wrote his title. Two of the times I had a title that I kind of talked everybody in the room into writing because I thought it was great. And he wound up cutting the two that were his titles because they were the two that he was excited about. And I, you know, I learned from that, that, you know, a lot of times I need to just really listen to the artist and, and learn what they want to say instead of trying to talk them into whatever my idea is. Yes, our job um, with artists is to make them look good, you know. Absolutely. So, Clay, how do you start? You know, when when you go, when you get in the room with Darius, um, what do you do to, to kind of find out what he wants that day? Well, he's kind of a special case because Darius literally can sing about any subject. He's not one of those artists that goes, oh, man, I wouldn't I wouldn't sing about that. You know, he can take on characters. You know, he could be the guy that's um, even if he's in a happy marriage, he could be singing about losing a girl or vice versa. You know, he's not that type of singer that's like, well, I can't sing about that because that's not going on in my life. So with him, it's more about coming up with a great idea and a great melody. So what I like to do is write two or three choruses that I can bring to him, just kind of finished um, choruses and present them to him. And he'll usually one, one of them or two of them, he'll really get excited about. And he'll be like, yeah, let's write that. Um, on the occasion that nothing is happening, that, you know, maybe he's not excited about one of the ideas, then on those occasions, I try to go with something in the room. Um, I know with don't think I don't think about it. It's the first time I met him. I show up on the bus and um, jumped on a tour bus to write with him for a weekend. And we started talking and I go, hey, you know, I, I, I don't know if I really feel like writing, which is not the thing you say the first time you meet an artist. <laughs> Make but I'm trying to be I'm trying to be real. And I'm like, well, I broke up with my girlfriend the night before. And, you know, I'm second guessing myself. And he's like, man, we've all done that. And I was like, really? And he, he, he goes, yeah, I still have this girl back in grade school that I think about. He goes, don't think I don't. And I was like, oh, so to me, I took off running with and we came up with don't think I don't think about it. Um, I wrote that down. We ended up writing something else that day. But the next morning I go, man, you said this yesterday and I got this chorus and he ended up listening to the course. And there was one line in there that he goes, well, this is similar to another 
line in another song I have. We changed that. We wrote the verses. became his first number one song. But it, it all came from something that was said in the room. Something It was a real story for me. It was something that he related to. It was a real story for him. And, you know, he said it. So he got excited when I said, hey, I remember what you said yesterday. And, that, you know, that just kind of kicked the whole thing off and became his first number one song as an artist. Yeah, I've discovered when you're in the room with the artist, the more you can get them to talk, the better, because, you know, you are trying to make it sound authentic coming out of their mouth. So if it's something they say, you go, oh, OK, then, you know, that obviously sounds real and natural for them to throw out. And artists are colorful. You know, their, their job is to be entertaining and colorful and interesting. So a lot of times they say these things that come out and like, I've never heard it said like that, or that's a cool phrase or, mm-hmm. you know, so as much as we can get that artist involved, um, if you're in sports, there's, if you're watching a football game, one of the commentators will be what they call the color commentator. And I used to write with an artist and even when we would write songs for other artists and not him, he, he used to say, my job's to be the color commentator. And he would, he would come up with these interesting phrases. He may write one or two lines in the song, but they would like really take the song to the next level. That's awesome. Now, I want to run through a couple of questions that I ask an artist every time. Um, we're actually right now having a, an, a crash course on writing for artists or writing with artists. So. Uh, these are the questions we ask them every night in this class to help the audience in the class get to know them. Um, first of all, we want to know where they're from. So, you know, I want to know kind of how they grew up. You know, did you grow up in New York City or did you grow up in Iowa on a farm? You know, because that kind of influences what you're going to be able to sell as a person, you know, in, in a song. Um, I ask them, tell me about their family, about their musical influences, uh, what kind of jobs they've done. Uh, and that, that one can be fascinating because, you know, if you if it's all blue collar, hard work jobs, you know, then, you know, they're going to relate to kind of that blue collar kind of mentality. If it's, you know, well, I worked in my daddy's accounting office, you know, it's going to be a whole different kind of, of thing that you might approach them with. Um, I'll ask them to talk about life changing experiences that they've had, because I want to know what impacted them. Those are the things they might want to write about or the, the kinds of things they might want to explore. Well, Um, Marty, exactly with my example with Darius, um, he started telling me about this girl in grade school that he had a crush on and that sometimes he still thinks about her. And so that's all like experiences that are valuable to them, you know? Absolutely. Um, I I asked him to tell me about people that pushed them to chase their dreams. Like who were their inspirations, you know, as far as like for, for me, I'm not an artist, but my mom really believed in me and, you know, always encouraged me. And so I want to know who the people in their lives were that did that for them. I want to know what kind of songs excite them most. So, you know, I'll say, well, you know, when somebody pitches you a song, what makes you jump off the couch, you know, and you can, a lot of times they'll go, Oh, I love a great up-tempo song that has some depth to it, you know, or, or they go, Oh, I'm a sucker for a ballad that just rips your heart out. But I want to know those kind of things. Um, and then I ask them what kind of songs they have too many of. We did that last week in our class and he was like, okay, I got way too many ballads, 
you know? So we encourage people, hey, don't do that. You know, write some up tempo for this guy. Um, and I, if they have recorded some stuff already, I'll ask them to play me some of that because I want to hear what they've already done. Clay, I think you've got a story, yeah. don't you, about that one time? Yeah, I mean, after I wrote Don't Think I Don't Think About It with Darius, they went in and recorded their album and they felt like they still needed a couple of more songs. So they played me everything they had cut. And so I got together another time to write with Darius and his producer, Frank Rogers. And I started off the session. I said, y'all played me your tunes. You don't have any romantic songs on your record you know, for Darius to be romantic singing to a woman. So Frank Rogers, he goes, I think I have a title for that. And he threw out history in the making. Um, and I started writing this verse, you know, that that was set a romantic stage. And I got my second song on that first album just because I found out what they had. And I wanted to, you know, I showed them, hey, yeah, you've got this great album, but you don't have this on your record. And that that's what they look for. They look for slots to fill, you know, and they want they want to fill the slots on that album. And they also want to know that you paid attention, you know, yeah. so if, if they played you everything and then you come in and go, well, here's the thing, you know, that's that's not going to get you as far as, as if you go, hey, I noticed this gap in what you you played me, then you're making a more educated shot at it. And that's what a lot of it's about. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll ask them what they need most for their show because most artists live and die by their show. So um, one time I was on the road with Billy Currington and he said, I want you to go watch Kenny Chesney's show. Cause Billy was opening for Kenny. And he said, go watch his show and come tell me the difference in his show and my show. And after the show, I said, okay, I think it's probably energy. He's got more energy than you do. And he said, right. So quit writing me these ballads and mid-tempos, write me some up-tempo, you know. But he he knew that he needed more up-tempo for his show. And so he actively started putting out more up-tempo songs. Um, I want to know that. I want to know what they need for their show. I want to know also what they need for their record. Sometimes they'll say, well, you know, I need a really personal song to finish out the record. I want to write something about my mama or my parents or, you know, my wife, whatever. So, you know, knowing those kind of things can really help you target. Uh, and if you have your ideas organized, you can, you know, take what they say and quickly go find some ideas that would fit that. So like I put my ideas in a database. So if they say I want to up-tempo, life song i can search for that and i can find that that my ideas real quickly and then i'll ask them what's a song you wish you had written because that i want to you know every artist wants that song on their record that just becomes iconic you know so i want to know what song they think is iconic you know there and all of these artists are out there that they, they want to change the world with their music they want people to be moved by their music and to play their music, buy their music, come to their shows. And they know they need impact songs for that to happen. And so if I can learn what they think is an impact song, that gives me a lot better chance of writing one for them. And, you know, usually those songs are what got them wanting to be an artist in the first place, because they want to take that feeling they got from those songs and give that feeling to the world. So if you can figure out what feeling it was that pulled them in, 
then, I mean, that's, that's huge because then you can write something that allows them to pull people in by singing it with that same feeling. And, and it's almost impossible to write a great song with an artist if, if you don't draw out what they want to say. Yeah. You know, you, you could write maybe the song of your life with them, but if it doesn't resonate with that artist, it's just not going to happen. And so, so much of it when you're with the artist in the room is just really shaping what they want to say you know and taking what they say and making it better and hopefully that's why you're in the room with them is because they acknowledge they need help pulling this these ideas off and so you know go in there with confidence but also don't push your agenda on the artist try to find out what the artist's agenda is and then help them with that yeah I mean, I've, we've all been in situations where we've had a three-way write with an artist and another writer, and that, art, that other writer in the room won't stop talking, <laughs> and you don't want to be that person, you know, because you won't get asked back, you know, you want to be, you want to be a collaborator in the room and not someone that's trying to dominate the room. And, and you also don't want to be the, the writer that goes like I was in a ride and the artist was like, Oh, I love this melody in the, in the verse. And my co-writer kept on coming back going, Hey, let's change up that melody in the verse a little bit. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, they're, they're saying that they love it the way it is. And, and you're planting a seed of doubt that it's not great. You know, I, I had that same thing happen one time with writing with a major artist and my co-writer kept wanting to change a line in the chorus and the artist had said several times they really liked that line so finally i had to pull my co-writer aside and said look do you want to get a cut or do you want this you want to fight for this line and so they realized what i was talking about the artist ended up cutting it and it was their um they're a big artist now but at the time it was their first single so I, I know without a shadow of doubt, if she had kept fighting for that line, it may have not, you know, that song probably would have never been the first single for that artist. And, you know, writing with an artist is there's this delicate balance of, you know, you don't, you don't want to just completely defer to them and let the song turn out poorly. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't ignore them. You know, if they're saying, Hey, I don't like this line you you've got to keep working on that line until they do they do or they're probably not going to cut it you know so yeah. if, if you fight for that kind of thing you, you're almost always going to lose the war even if you win that battle yeah i mean perfect example when i was writing don't think i don't think about it i had a line between the road and the shows and the whiskey and darius goes well i just put out a song you know, on my last album that talked about the road and the shows. So I changed it to between the work and the hurt and the whiskey. And that was even more of a broad appeal because not a lot of people are out there singing shows, but everybody goes to work. So it, that you want to, that's the perfect collaboration with an artist where you take what they say. And if they don't like something, try to come up with something better. You know, you can always come up with a better line. That's my philosophy. Absolutely. You know, and sometimes I wrote with an artist, Johnny Reed from Canada one time, and Johnny came in, he knew exactly what he wanted. He said, I need a, a huge show opener kind of song 
lots of energy, gets the crowd on their feet, gets lighters in the air or phones in the air. And he had a title and we just wrote that thing in probably an hour. And, but most of the time, the artist is not that clear on what they want. And that's why you have to help them figure out like you did by saying, Hey, I know she didn't have any love songs. Would you want to write something romantic here? You know, that's the kind of thing, you know, if, if I'm with an artist and, and I know that they do that kind of thing really well, I'm going to come in with those kinds of, of ideas and see what resonates with them. And um, if I can find out what they haven't done, I'm going to try to throw out ideas that fit in that slot. So sometimes you have to, if they don't have a great awareness of it, then you have to really draw out what it is uh, that they need or that they want. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for being here today. Hope that's been helpful. Uh, we encourage you to go pick out a few artists that cut outside songs in the genre you write and study them and, and see if, you know, see the kinds of things you learn from that. And then, especially if you've got artist co-writes coming up, do research on those artists so that you come in really educated about what they've done, what uh, kinds of things they might be wanting to do down the road and uh, be prepared to ask those questions to draw them out. And if you like what you hear on these podcasts, check us out at songtown.com. We have over 800 lesson videos and courses. We have regular events with listening parties, and it's just a great community. We'd love to have you be a part of it. Absolutely. Take care, everybody. All right, we want to leave you with a song, as always. This one's called In the Dark. It was written and produced by... Rob Spicer. Hope you enjoy. If there's a million reasons to love me, but there's one thing on my mind, it'll take my positivity and win all my nights. So I write another ballad about a naive, lonely boy. Who wants nothing more than freedom And the love that you enjoy Here I am in the dark I don't want to see another scar Dim the light Take my heart I may never leave the dark I'm not me If I can't see do you ever feel like running And you stop by truth and pay And the further that you're going There's a you that never change Don't know why in isolation I want to be alone So I spend a selfish evening And I hate me too Here I am in the dark I don't want to see my scar dim the light Take my heart I may never leave the dark I'm not me If I can't see
sitting in a closet And I cannot see my skin Now I'm stuck between the options Of my future or back then An addiction can be soothing It can take away the sting But it never moves you forward It don't do a single thing Here I am in the dark I don't want to see another goddamn light Take my heart I don't want to leave the dark I'm not me So I can't see Let the dark save me So I can't see I can't see I can't see